warning. The following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Sam, and I am Iron Man, but I am also joined by, comparable to the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, Liz, how are you, Liz? Okay, wow. Why don't you ever say anything nice? I thought I wasn't going to be <laughs> under siege anymore. True. Good shout back to last fucking yeah. week's episode. Good call. Good call back, oh, I thought. Who would want yeah. to be referred to as an Iron Lady? Fuck that. Um, no, nah, but how well, are you? I Liz? don't necessarily what? mind that. Like, really? Iron Lady could be quite a cool nickname, except I really, really don't want to be compared to Margaret Thatcher because she's well hated and known to be like a terrible person. So. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Oh, look, I've been called much worse things than Iron Lady. <laughs> I can tell you that for free. Yeah, I have been there when you've been called these things, mostly because I was the person that called you these things. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, go us. Anyway, this week's episode is Iron Man. If you're thinking to yourself, hey, Sam, a new Marvel movie's come out, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, why aren't you guys doing that? Yeah, it's a good fucking question. There was no way I could nah. convince Liz to go see it. There was much nah. who, much who went and saw it, and I messaged him and said, do you want to talk about it? He goes, no, nah, fuck that movie, bro. And I was like, okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's the end of that conversation. Um, so I decided to go back and do, do where it all started, where the MCU all started. And, uh, you know, I, I've wanted to get Liz on here to destroy one of my favorite films. And I was kind of disappointed, Liz, because I said, do you want to do Iron Man? And you were like, yeah, I like that movie. And I was like, ah, fuck. Maybe I was lying to you. Maybe I'm about to destroy Ooh. it before your very eyes. Yeah, no, I'm not that creative. Sarah, sorry Damn. about that. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Anyway, for those people that have been living under a rock and haven't been affected by the MCU, Iron Man came out in 2008 as an action adventure. It is the first film in the uh, in the MCU, although that's debatable. Some people feel like it's Howard the Duck, which uh, they're wrong. Uh, some other people also feel like it's Blade because it was also made by Marvel, but it was financed by another studio. So it doesn't really count because this was the very first film that Marvel Studios made. Has a score of 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, has a score of 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, has a Metacritic score of 79%. It stars Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, John Favreau as Harold Happy Hogan, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, Jeff Bridges as Ironmonger, well, Obadiah Stane is his real name, but go Google with his fucking cast list, um, Terrence Howard as James Rhodey Rhodes, and Leslie Bibb as, what's her name? Karen, Craig, Craig, Craig. Christine, Car- Chris- Karen, Christine, that's it. Karen, um, there, Co- you're right, you're right. Carrie, <laughs> yeah. Random, I got that joke. <laughs> good work. Random journalist that he sleeps with and then later forgets the name of. What's it about, Liz? What's the plot of Iron Man? A smug, tech genius billionaire guy uh, gets captured in Afghanistan and it makes him change his mind about how his whole life has been and what his company does and he tries to turn good while inventing some amazing new tech in the process. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for the fucking bit where he makes a mechanical suit that he uses to fight crime or fight terror. I was trying to be a bit vague, you know, like, I don't know, man. What is this? Yeah, he makes an iron suit. Well, actually, it's a titanium alloy, but he does make a suit that he uses to um, become a superhero. I think Titanium Man would be a cooler name. This is one of his villains. A titanium man uh, is one of his villains. Guess that could have been one of my controversial opinions. <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> but it's already started, listeners. You guys, if you've been here for however many fucking episodes we've done now, you know how much of a Marvel fan I am. You know how much of an MCU fan I am. This is, oh my God, this is my dream. So you true. definitely had to get me on who knows nothing about anything. Yes, because <laughs> everyone else is smart enough to refuse me, Liz. Stacey was like, no fucking way. Much. She was like, no fucking way. Carhu was like, oh, I don't want to hear you wink for an hour. I'm like, well, why do you come and knock on my door every fucking night? So, you know, these guys are full of shit. Oh, I okay, I don't even want to think about what Kahu and you were doing in the dark hours, but um, I am just here to laugh at you. Like, I, I, I find it actually funnier to be like, hey, I don't know any of this shit, and you're a big nerd. Listeners, if you want me to go full rage Marvel fanboy, push A. There's no other options. I am going to yeah. go full fucking rage Marvel fanboy for this episode. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I even this. threw in some <laughs> questions to let you go, fanboy. You did, you did, and I know you. I know, I know. You're going to do your joke of like, "Hey, I'm going to put my fucking headphones down now, and I'm going to go away for 15 minutes and come back." <laughs> I, I can see it coming. I can see it coming. You go. These are the two questions, but I appreciate it, Liz. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank sometimes you. I'm nice to you. You're never nice to me, but sometimes I'm nice to you. Correct. Anyway, let's get into it. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. We usually start with 10 that can be applied to any film if there's three of us, but if there's only two of us, we do 13 questions that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions each before finishing on a Patreon question. One will always start with compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good if we like this film. I already know you do, so I'm guessing you're going to give a compliment sandwich, so I'm not going to detail what the other sandwiches are, but Liz, hit us. Hit us with your sandwich. Okay, so my first terrible thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yes, unleash the hate. Psych. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, okay, so my first good thing. Uh, love Robert Downey Jr. Like mm. uh, he's brilliant. He owns this role. He's incredible. And not only him, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, is also amazing as Pepper Potts. And I just really love the combination there. Eesh. And yeah, so I'm just like, yay! Great casting. Immediately draws you in. Really awesome. Bad thing is that just that I felt there were too many bits where he just like massively smashes into things, but then he's entirely unhurt, like really like flies into things at like super force or like like really far distance. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, sup, I'm fine. And I was just like, mm, it's a bit unrealistic, isn't it? Pretty sure you'd have a concussion at the very least. So... That's my bad thing. I'll just, and... I'll just add to that. There are scenes where he, you do see him with like ice packs on his arm and all that sort of shit. But I get what you're saying because I feel like if you're trapped inside a suit like that and you get mm-hmm. propelled at fucking near terminal velocity into a concrete mm-hmm. wall, that when they go to open the suit, they're just going to find what used to be the remains of a human, which is now just a puddle of fucking organs and mush. Mm-hmm. Like especially like when he flies out of the when he escapes and he flies out into the sand or whatever. And he, I mean, that's a really yes. far distance. Yes, and it's not the really perfect tailored suit. I could see there he would have accounted for like head velocity and whatnot. But in that giant iron thing, I really feel like his head would have just smashed straight into the front of that thing. But you know, so. Yeah, that would have been way better if he'd actually slid down the side of the hill. But instead he just, like, plants, like, gets fucking yeah. implanted at the side of the hill. And then he just pops his head off. And it's like he's had a bad night on the piss. He's like, ugh, what the fuck, ugh, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, you do have to suspend, you know, your disbelief most of this movie. Like, uh, there's quite a lot of things you kind of go, yeah, okay, I buy that he's a tech genius and he can invent all these things and whatever. So that's fine. But mm. there are a few things I was just kind of like, mm, but physics. 
Although saying that, I failed. Oh, no, I didn't fail like physics when I was 16, but I was very, 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 very <laughs> close. So I'm not sure I would trust anything I say on the matter of physics. So instead, I will move on to my second good thing, which is that it's just such a good introductory superhero movie. It keeps it simple. It's a logical change for the character. And I really like that it was topical. Like it really um, leaned into like the, the climate of the time. It's just a really solid film and like not just for a superhero film, for a film. So this might shock you and or your listeners, our listeners, whatever. Uh, But I'm going to give this film 9,119 arc reactors out of 10,000. Holy shit. The funny part was I was thinking to myself – out of rea- arc reactors. That's what we've got to do it out of 10,000. Yeah. If she's prompt me and says out of whatever. Fuck, that's awesome. 9,000. Yeah, it was actually really hard to even think of a bad thing in a way. I mean, yeah. there are bad things, but like they're so, you know, compared to the whole impact of the whole movie, the movie as a whole, it's so good. Like it really is a solid film. It really stands up now. Um, you know, there's bits that – you could think, oh, that's kind of shit. But then it kind of makes up for them. And yeah, like, and we'll get into all of the things, I guess. But yeah, no, loved it. Love it. Happy to watch it again. Oh, that's that's amazing. I'll give you my first two good things because they're, I mean, my two good things because they sort of riff off what you're saying. Like, uh, the first thing I've just got down is pacing. Like, there is not a dull moment. And even the sort of small, intimate moments like him and Pepper on top of the building, it sort of leans into the like greater pacing of the film where you never get too bogged down in one situation, one scenario. Even like, like most superhero films suffer from the origin story just being like long and protracted and boring and all that sort of shit. Within the first half an hour, he's, ingrated, he's created his first suit. He's already into it. You know, and then we see like, it's like a reverse origin story where we actually see him fine tuning like what becomes his better suit, but he does it in such a way that's fucking hilarious. Um, oh, 100%. Like, it's just so comical that you're like, okay, this is awesome. The the other good thing I had was, like, the dialogue. Like, the interestingly, they started this film without a script. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hadn't actually finished the entire script for this film. So a lot of the dialogue is improvised. So for Robert... Well- yeah. yeah, I already know. Are you going to say the final line? Because I actually found that out after yes. I went and read yep. some stuff now before the podcast. I found out that I Am Iron Man was improvised, which changed the entire thing of the whole, sh- like, rest of the MCU. Whole, yeah. Y- yeah, universe. That's incredible. That's so cool. That's insane, right? So it, he, Robert Downey Jr., took it upon himself to think, well, this is what Tony Stark would do in this situation. He's an arrogant, stuck-up arsehole. Uh, and in the comics, like, Iron Man is his bodyguard. So there's something I noticed, but other people wouldn't notice. But, like, they, that's the, like, secret identity sort of thing. Like, no one knows mm. Iron Man's Tony Stark because it's just, like, it's his bodyguard and all this other shit. And so yeah. they kind of riff on that. But for him to be like, no, I am Iron Man. And the fact that most superheroes up until this point had kept secret identities and he was like no fuck that this isn't in line with my character but it's quite funny because like they were filming a lot of it without without like the other actors knowing what they're supposed to do and shit like that and john favreau the director was like okay you need to have this in the scene and and like you can see robert downey jr crushing and but gwyneth paltrow and jeff bridges have both said that they found it incredibly fucking hard and you can see parts like that you can see paltrow trying to keep up of like what the fuck is going on here when she's so used to parroting you know what's been written on a script and even um (laughs) even jeff bridges said once he realized it was a 200 million dollar student film he went with it but it's sort of like the first couple of days he was like what the fuck is this sort of so it, it, it 
gives itself like a level of authenticity, which is just so yeah. rare in so many other films. Well, I think that's really uh, that was a really good move because the kind of person that Tony Stark is, people would have been like that around him all the time. Like, so it actually was totally legit. If you were his EA or if you were his business partner, you would have been sitting there going, "Wait, what the fuck?" Like, you would have just been totally thrown half the time. So, hey, it probably just really helped their acting. Yeah, hell yeah. And then my great thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw this coming. Hyperbole sandwich for fucking sure. My great thing is this nails the Marvel formula, which a lot of people are saying has been beat to death and they're probably right and the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to take some new directions or to sort of shore up where it's going. And I, I completely agree with that. But to nail the Marvel formula and the very first film where we've got, you know, the three-act structure, we've got the origin story, we've, we're learning enough about the hero that we become emotionally invested in him. And, you know, we, we sort of start fanning off the, um, you know, like the characters, they start becoming larger than life. But to also have like the humor mixed with like really decent action, it's, it's all there. And to get it right the first time, as well as they did, was fucking outstanding. Like the other th- three films that came after this, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Captain America First Avenger, none of them really got it right. And then when they did Avengers, they were like, okay, let's sort of go back to what Iron Man, how Iron Man works. And then they just did. And so we've got questions about this later, but I'm just going to leave it there. Like they nailed the MCU formula from the start. And that's why I'm going to give this. Iron Man's first appearance was in Tales of Suspense 39. So I'm going to give this 39,000 out of 10,000. Very good. And that seems totally fair. The only thing I will say is you're supposed to give me warning before you go off on a major nerd rant (laughs) because I could have gone off and got myself a beer. So, just a heads up for later in the podcast. Listen, I know obviously this isn't a visual visual medium, but <laughs> if you could imagine a woman sitting at her desk while somebody slowly power draws into the side of her temple, there, there's a moment of like, oh, fuck, that hurts. Oh, not this. Followed by just lobotomized serenity of like, oh, God, it's still going. <laughs> Oh, I've got really good at just zoning you out entirely. You know, I I was off on a, you know, tropical holiday on a beach and then you stopped talking. I thought, oh, that drone's gone. Oh, right. I'm on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Better start talking again. I know. I'm so cruel. (laughs) Oh, I love you, Liz. (sighs) Anywho, talking about dick moves, what's question number two, Liz? All right. What was the biggest dick move in the movie? There's quite a few, but I'm going to go with not kissing Pepper, though I kind of get why he does it. You know, they have their little romantic dance and date and all that sort of shit. And then she leans in and she's pretty, like, you know, wanting to be kissed and a little bit vulnerable and, like, explain to him how vulnerable that she is. And I kind of get him thinking, nah, you know, like, I'm in a process of reformation. reformation. I'm not there yet, so I don't really want to fucking break some girl's heart. So I get what he's doing, but still, bit of a dick move. I love how she calls him out at the end. Like, yes, amazing. There's definitely movies where they would, she would have just been like, "Oh yeah, I was waiting for you to kiss me. Are you going to do it now? Oh yeah, mwah, mwah. And then actually, she was like, "Oh, the bit where you totally screwed me." And he was like, "Oh yeah, good call. Uh, let's move on." And I thought that was great. Um, I'm going to go with the probably too obvious one, but um, Obadiah sending Tony off to be murdered, like. I get that Tony Stark would be annoying to work with. We've already covered that off, and he'd absolutely do your head in. There's no question about that. And I've had those colleagues, okay? I get it. But I've never actually reached the point of sending them off to the Taliban to be executed. So if I can cope, I really feel like I could have done the same thing. <laughs> Take move, man. Okay? Just, uh, I, like, love move to-, to a new company or, uh, like, mm. uh, you know, like, leave, uh, leave thumbtacks on his chair or something. Yeah, but um, I don't think you've worked with colleagues that you could potentially, you know, 
inherit billions of dollars from if they're murdered by the Taliban. So, I mean, no, I definitely haven't. I still don't think I'd do it. Oh, just... <laughs> yeah, there's a moral question for you. <laughs> that's my philosophical debate. Uh, awkward. Well, I think we should move on before any yes. of my ex-colleagues start worrying. Would you ship off a jizzbag ex-colleague to the <laughs> Taliban to get billions of dollars? That's a good question. Something to ponder. Yeah. So what's question three? Question three is what was the most moronic decision made by an otherwise smart character in this movie? Okay, I messaged you to say to put this one again and because we did it last time because it immediately um, came to me when I was watching this scene and I thought I have to talk about this. It's when Yinsen decides that he needs to buy Tony more time during the escape. So he charges off like literally guns blazing. And I'm like, wouldn't it have made more sense for him to wait at the door and shoot anyone who appeared? Because A, he would have saved ammo and he would have been safer because he could have hidden behind a wall. Like he had an automatic weapon, right? And the corridor was narrow, so it would have been like limited how many people could come in. So it would have been way yes. manageable to do that. So, but instead he just like charges off down the corridor, like literally f- just blasting the weapon at nothing. And I was like, oh, this is going to end badly. I, I am going to give this to you. I reckon that's a way better answer than my one because he is being shown as being a way smarter character than this. Like, he is, he's lit- a very smart dude, clearly. Like, literally, like, hang out behind the back of the door, throw the gun, you know, so only the gun's visible, and then just pop off a couple of rounds every now and then. When you hear them coming, yeah. like, just keep, like, spraying, you know, like, keep them away, basically. Like, not yeah. run off like it, a fucking idiot. The minute he ran off and started shooting that gun, I was really like, what one. are you doing, bruh? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. God damn right, So what's yours? Oh, that's really good. I, I started writing down Obito Stane ones, but then I was like, the guy isn't that smart, to be honest. Like, he, he all of his decisions he makes are fucking moronic. Because I was like, very early on, he shows his cards really fucking early, which I thought was really stupid, which was when he's at the party for Tony Stark. And then Tony's like, oh, have you been, you know, like selling to the, the other side, basically? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, well, who do you think, you know? got you, you know, like overruled you and all blah, 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 blah. And I was like, why would you tell him that early? And mm-hmm. then later on, he like, you know, puts this device up to his ear that basically stuns the person, takes his heart out. And then rather than hang around and make sure he dies, mm-hmm. just disappears. And like, there's so much stuff there that I'm like, what the fuck? Like, not to mention that he knows Pepper's stolen information during the day and he's yep. watched her leave, but then he decides to fight her later on at night. And I'm like, there's... Like the guy's a moron. So I'm, oh, 100%. I'm, just, I'm basically ruling him out. And the one I'm going to go with is like Rhodey and Stark at the end there. Tony's like, hey, there's going to be a whole bunch of shit happening above my company. And he's like, oh, yeah, Manila training exercise. I'm like, fuck that. Tony, you know you're like going to be depowered and have a very limited heart. This guy's got the Air Force. Get him to fucking help you. Say to him, hey, there's going to be a massive ass dude and then a little dude. Can you guys shoot down the massive ass dude? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, Come actually. on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was really – and because he probably knew it would get out of hand. Like it, it wasn't going to be something they could just contain in a little factory where no one would see it. Like, a, you know, if he was building a suit and they were all going to be flying in there and shooting shit at each other, then people would see. So therefore, wouldn't it make more sense to – although can the military do stuff on American soil? Training exercise, surely. <laughs> you know, they'd... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they're that's going they... But I, I don't know if they can or not, but, like, at least send up, like, a, an Apache t- attack helicopter. <laughs> something. something, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. Although he does it. say, 
Um, he does say to Pepper when she's like, oh, I'm coming with like five shield guys. He's like, you're going to need more than that. And I was like, well, at least he's given someone a warning. Exactly. Like He's got the self-awareness to know that this is going to end very fucking poorly, yet he doesn't enlist the help of his friend who's ready to cover for him. Fucking mm-hmm. stupid. Fish uh, Speaking of stupid. Yes. Uh, uh, question number four. What was the biggest load of bullshit in this movie? There's quite a few. Um, we've talked about the guy, the fact that he hasn't turned into mush every time he flies that suit. But the one that I had was the tank shooting him out of the air. Like he's just flying along, you know, and then like a tank literally oh, yeah. knocks, cons him out of the sky. Perfect shot. And then fucking drops him onto the ground. I was like, how the fuck could a tank shoot down a, a human-sized drone flying through the air? You know, it would be fucking impossible. Yeah, 100%. Especially because they wouldn't have had loads of practice on it or whatever. No, and um, they, they, they fire shells. You know, they're not firing heat-seeking missiles. They're firing shells. And yeah, they have true. to get it perfectly accurate. Yeah, fair call. Um, that sort of ties in to my backup one, which was um, when the guy shoots him directly at his head and the bullet ricochets off the giant iron helmet and then straight back into one and kills him. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem likely that that exact <laughs> trajectory would work and also why would you shoot someone when they're wearing a giant iron helmet like shoot them straight at it i was like that's really dumb yeah um but actually the one i'm probably going with is something that pepper potts does so like he has all this advanced AA type technology i get all that that's fine however one tool that they use is really dumb and it's when pepper potts uses the translate tool for the video it's so ridiculous because it substitutes the words yes. in real time with a real voice. The words used are grammatically correct. That's not even possible now, let alone in twenty, you know, two thousand eight. And it's not. I don't see Tony having created a translating tool like that's not his realm. So yeah, that that when that happened, I was like, oh come on. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. I think it would have made more sense if it just happened. She was like a. She already knew that language, like she already spoke Arabic yeah. or whatever. Do you know, I, I could believe that of her. That I would have found more believable of. She was like, oh, I studied Arabic at school and this is blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. That would have made more sense. Question number five is a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our mate Nick Haskins. Nick runs Nikolai's Kitchen, but he also does live stream for The Cure, which we will be promoting a little bit more towards the, towards the events because... Liz is going to do something special. Oh, and me and Liz are going to be doing something. Oh, that sounds gross. Me and Liz yeah. will be doing a version of our podcast as well, but um, we'll, we'll do a little bit more promo closer to the time. So his question, what type of meal is this movie? I'm going with fugu, you know, like puffer fish, because I feel wow. like it's really easy to fuck it up, but they actually did a great job and they didn't kill the entire MCU in the first outing. That's a good one. I'm going with a steak dinner on Valentine's Day because, like, you go out, you have the most amazing meal, and it's great. And then you have the drive home, which is the credits. And then after the credits, Nick Fury comes in and blows your fucking mind and says, Hey, you know, you're part of a bigger universe than you imagine. And, you know, so your mind gets blown, but on Valentine's Day, you get blown. So it's kind of like a steak on Valentine's Day. That's nice. I see what you did there. Yeah. Hey, I wish. Anyway, question number six. What is it, Liz? Oh, looking forward to this one. What character best represents the other podcaster? Liz is definitely a stain on society. <laughs> but she's also an Obadiah Stains. <laughs> I'm not Obadiah Stains. This is equivalent to you comparing me to Krill. 
Uh, given that you decided that I was cruel last episode, by the way, I'm going to go with Raza, the bald terrorist, because he's bald and he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Yes, that is me. I'm happily embracing that. You so you got to embrace the haters. Embrace it. Come on. I'm you- clearly Pepper Potts, you dipshit. I am a spectacular EA. I was an EA for years. I didn't want to give you Pepper Potts because I found her to be the transition between the shrill screaming damsel in distress to a, like a you know like strong world woman that could hold her own. This was the movie that transitioned between the two. You know, because there were scenes okay. where she was one, and then there were scenes where there were, she was another. There was a scene where she's a super spy, and then the next scene, she's like, oh, Tony, I wore this dress, and I didn't have deodorant, and I want you to kiss me, wah. And it's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it was like, mmm. Oh, I liked how it gave her that little bit of vulnerability. Yeah, but still, why, I know. But, yeah. Why stains? Oh, just because I wanted to use a joke about you being a stain. You're the worst. <laughs> You're the actual worst. I, I just find him like scheming and his, his plots and intentions are a little bit misaligned. And he... <laughs> okay, I'm clearly more stark than I am Stades. A fucking genius for a start. Uh, how about Rody? Do you like Rody? I'll give you Rody. I'd look. I'd take him over Stains. Yeah, Jesus, I know you take him, but I'll, I'll give you Rody. <laughs> I would actually not. I wouldn't kick him out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Oh, speaking of bed. <laughs> Yes. Question number seven. What quote yes. from this film would be the worst to hear after sex? I am Iron Man. Because <laughs> the guy would be just way too full of himself. Way too proud of his appendage, if you know what I mean. What, so you've been going for nine hours and involved kayaking? <laughs> like, I am Iron Man. You'd be like, oh, piss off, mate. Go get the towel. No, well, what is the Iron Man? Is it the swim, run, and, jo- uh, swim, run and bike? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure, bro. Um, I've got two. First one, are those bullet holes? Yeah, yeah, nice. I actually have three others. So my next one was, good God, you're a woman? <laughs> I was That's like, I'd be a little offended. Yep. I'd like to think they'd have seen bits that would indicate it. Yep, keep going. What, what are the other ones? Uh, the more you struggle, the more this is going to hurt. Mm, yeah, that's good. And finally, that is an electromagnet hooked up to a car battery. That's even better. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. My one, and I'm going to try and channel Jeff Bridges, but I don't think I'm ever going to get close, is Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that would be pretty weird. Pretty, pretty fucking scary, right? Tony Stark was able to build this in a game of books. What the fuck? Who the fuck is Tony Stark? What the fuck do you mean? Do you think I need a psychological evaluation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> what the fuck? Same vibe, same energy for sure. Absolutely same energy. Yep. And I love that the guy just comes back to that as just like, yeah, well, I'm not Tony Stark. Duh. Like, <laughs> I just think it's great. Like, ballsy move, because obviously. Staines is like had a screw loose, so. Oh, he's yeah, he's definitely he's a fucking idiot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, question eight. I bet you're all excited to get onto all your stupid nerdy Easter egg shit. <sighs> yes. What is something in this movie that you noticed that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? I'm going to give one that other people probably have noticed, which is that when uh, that I, I didn't. Yeah, I'm sure it's. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it's Rody or Iron Man, but basically, you know, I watched this movie like two hours ago, but don't have kids, people. There's, there's your 
fucking is <laughs> the too long didn't read don't have kids sleep deprivation is amazing but the one of them has a mobile phone i believe it's roadie and when it rings it plays the iron man theme song from the like 60s or 70s animated <laughs> tv show which i thought was fucking awesome I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, the other one, quite interestingly, Joshua Hato is an actor that not a lot of people know, but he is in this. He is, um, he's like one of the Air Force personnel. I can't remember exactly what he's doing, but he's also the guy that tries to blackmail Bruce Wayne in um, Dark Knight. So he managed to be in the two hugest comic book movies of 2008 and possibly the 2000s, which I thought was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I didn't notice either of those things. Here's another one for you. That wasn't Hugh Hefner. That was Stan Lee who created Iron Man. I didn't notice that either. I was like, oh, I love that they got... Well, okay, so give me a second. When they first did it, I wasn't really paying attention because as soon as it was like, he goes, oh, hey, Hugh, and then he turns around and you realise it's Stan Lee, right? Like, Because from the back, they're actually quite similar. And I think it's because I was... When he did that, I went, oh, it's a cool cameo to put Hugh Hefner in and typed it. And then when I went and Googled like the cast, it was like Stanley. I'm like, you're right, that was Stanley. <laughs> and that's even funnier. But yes, originally I didn't notice, but I'm giving myself a break for that one. Yes, um what I noticed was just something a little and dumb, but um I noticed that Obadiah turns up with a perfectly sized tool that works perfectly to remove the arc reactor from Tony's chest. Yeah, well, bald, How? bald men with beards were always prepared, man. That's that's what we do. It's... With a with a fit for purpose tool for a job that no one had ever done in the history of time before. Oh, believe me, I've got a tool that's fit for any purpose. Oh, gross. Oh, way to ruin my brilliant thing that took me ages to come up with. I was really struggling because I was like, I'm sure everybody's noticed all of the things I noticed. So I thought that was good. So shut up. Um, here's a fun one for you. There's a scene there where Tony Stark says, I want a cheeseburger. And yes. uh, yeah, quite interestingly, Robert Downey Jr. Um, fell out of favor of Hollywood. He's been up and down. And um, mm-hmm. that's the reason why he got cast in this was John Favreau basically said that he is Tony Stark. And a little bit more on that later. Fucking ruining another later answer. But interestingly, when he, he was a hardcore drug addict and then a, I think the story goes that one morning he was so fucking high on drugs that he pulled into Burger King started eating a burger from Burger King and thought to himself, if I'm so high that I'm finding this enjoyable, I really need to get off the drugs. And then he drove down to the harbour and dumped all the fucking drugs in the water and hasn't touched drugs ever since. So wow. Burger King was so disgusting that he made him, made him he- give up drugs. And then in this movie, he gets a burger from fucking Burger King. And that's what he's eating. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I read that Burger King sponsored this film and shit. And I'm like, you're sponsoring a dude trolling you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, they just leaned in. Did he throw the Burger King out with the drugs? No, I think he. I think the fact that he finished it and was like, okay, if I found that enjoyable, I must be really fucking high. Hmm, interesting. So the story goes, and whether I'm very accurate on that or not, who knows, but that's what I remember. It's a great story. Yeah. What a story, Mark. <laughs> um, talking about that, question number nine, the Patreon question comes courtesy of our mate Julio of the Contrarians Podcast. Contrarians Podcast is a awesome podcast which rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine, or in this case they might rage against the Iron Man, and argue why this movie is shit. So they take a universally beloved film on Rotten Tomatoes, Argue why it's rubbish, or vice versa, and uh, yeah, do real talk at the end. Love you, Julio. Love your work. His question, what's your most controversial opinion about this film? Okay, I'm going to say that Tony and Pepper should never have been romantic, at Hmm. least in this movie. They should have just kept it wisecracking, and like, with her as the only woman who doesn't fall for his charms. 
because the whole thing is that all these women are just like falling over themselves the minute he talks to them, bloody blah, blah. And I just really would like to bet her if she just was the only one that just called him on his shit every time. And maybe he, I don't mind necessarily if he started realizing that he had feelings for her towards the end, but I just don't think it was needed for her to be like fawning over him. As you said, it turned, that was what really made her that kind of, you know, gushy bimbo, whatever. I just think it would have been way better if she was just like this impenetrable badass PA. Yeah, yeah, similar to what I was saying. Yeah, it's it's it would have made way more sense if she'd just been badass the whole entire time. Like it's yeah, it's a nice and moment, just, but yeah, I would have really liked it if she was just immune to his charms because every other woman wasn't right. So like, it just would have been nice if she was just like, yeah, cool, I've seen her before, I know you, whatevs, you know. And then he had to like convince her that it changed, and then that's when she started going, oh, you're actually okay. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the one for me, um, this is incredibly controversial because, the, you know, as I mentioned, Dark Knight came out in this year. I'm actually going to say this is a better film than The Dark Knight, which for you, you're probably sitting there going, oh, no one cares about that. But for like a lot of Nolan bros, and there are a lot out there, they love The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight used to be one of my top 10 films of all time. I've rewatched both of these now in the last month, and I could say that I enjoy my time with this a lot more than I do with The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is an amazing Heath Ledger performance. Pretty much most of the other scenes not involving Morgan Freeman, which are pretty much pretty average. For this, there yeah. was like, there was nothing that it was like, okay, I'd take that out of the movie sort of thing. Yeah, I I mean, I'd agree with you. I prefer this one. I think it's way more fun and way more entertaining. But then, hey, I'm not a Nolan bro or anything similar. In fact, I barely know who Nolan is. I do, <laughs> but barely. Tenet. That's what I've got to say, Liz. Yep. Tenet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Oh, please don't come for us, Nolan bros. Please don't. Uh, DC bros. Well, we've... They bailed a long time ago. Yeah, I'm they probably saw the it. name of this, so we're pretty safe. We're pretty safe to say Christopher Nolan is pretty much a fucking average filmmaker. He makes some great films, he makes some shit films. That makes you average. If you can't do <laughs> consistently good, then you're not a great filmmaker. You're just fucking average. Fair. Oh, I'm going to get fucking one start again. This is going to be fun. Okay, well, to avoid that, or at least try to, um, let's move into question 10. Yes. um, Which is, what would the porn parody name for this movie be? I'm just going to go. terrible. (laughs) Mine's fucking terrible as well. I'm just going to go with Iron Man. Okay, I was going with Iron Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only thing I'll say is that I've spelled Iron Man as in... I space I in space man. I oh, that's man. clever. Yeah. yeah. Mine was not clever. <laughs> I'm never very good with these, which is weird because I like word play, but I just can never come up with clever porn names. Question number 11. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this movie? Um, I was wondering how I'd feel if after a one-night stand, the guy was gone and his EA turned up and she had my clothes and she was like, here's your clothes. They've been dry cleaned. I'd be like, I think I'd be offended. Why did you dry clean my clothes? Like, do you think I'm dirty or something? What is this? (laughs) I just, it really, I was just like, that seems a bit rude, actually. That's a good one. That's a good one. The one for me is that when we see Tony show up and free that village and kill all the terrorists, um, he punches a hole through the wall, grabs the main leader, bad guy, and then sort of throws him to the crowd. 
And says, he's yours now. My deep philosophical debate is, what would I do to that guy? You know what I mean? If I was part of that village bomb mentality, you know, like, well, yeah, you'd probably kill him, sure. But would you, like, string his entrails across the front of your village so that no one ever comes and fucking fucks with you again? Or would you, you know, like, catapult his body into his family's house? You know, what would you do? Like, how no, far I would reckon- you go? They were all just families. They were just normal people. Like, they weren't psycho douche. I don't think that would even occur to them, right? They're just like, this is a terrible guy. I'd say, like, the dad probably just went, got a gun, and shot him in the head. You yeah, know, like, so okay, st- you're done. Still killed him, it. right? But, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't think they would have gone into, like, all this, like, torture and shit. They were just, they were just like, holy shit, you know. I thought it was just the that did give me pause for a second and made me go, oh, is that what I do? Or would I take him to the authorities? And then I was like, well, actually, is there any authorities? So now just leave him. They can do what they want. <laughs> just go with Judge Street and be like, I am the law. And just fucking fuck him up. Fuck that no, clown. Yeah. yeah, he brought it on himself. Absolutely. Question number 12. What is it, Liz? Okay, it is, what character clearly needs to get laid? Pepper. Would you like to back that up with any notes? Or uh, oh, it just seems like she's in? pretty horny throughout this film. <laughs> like, like for the reasons we've talked about. I mean, Stain was too much of an obvious answer. He's yeah. Know. So my my answers were I was going to do either Obadiah or Pepper. So I thought I'll just wait and see who you pick and pick the other one because yeah. I feel like half his problem is he's just jealous of Tony because he's getting laid all the time. So maybe if Obadiah got laid, he might be a little bit less of a douche. Correct. Anywho, moves us over to question number 13, which Liz petitioned for me to put in here. What minor change would have ended this movie in like 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, this was an easy one for me. If the American military had done bombing demonstrations in their own country instead of going all the way to Afghanistan to blow mountains up, this movie would not have happened. Who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? Just go to another country and be like, hey, I want to show you this amazing weapon I have. I'm going to blow up part of your like beautiful, natural countryside. Which, by the way... I don't even know if there's people in, because how would they have? So Right? Yeah. That really sat, sat super uncomfortably with me. So I was kind of like, well, it kind of serves you right that you are now captured by terrorists. It's funny, because I was actually going to put in what side characters or what minor characters or whatever would have had their lives completely ruined by the events of this movie. And then I was like, well, he did blow up inside of a countryside. Someone owns that land. Someone mm-hmm. potentially, you know, uses that land for agriculture at the very least. You know, like that was... The one I thought of, and then I immediately thought, well, fucking Liz is going to have the same answers. So that's why I didn't put that one in there. Yeah, I was just like, I really don't think that's okay. America's got heaps of randoms. Just take them out to, like, Area 51, that whole area. is Surely you could blow some shit up there. Exactly. Nevada Desert would be prime for this. Would right? be absolutely prime. Or just go to one of those, like, just island atolls or something that you never fucking use, you know? Like, America's got tons of space. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> pick on the poor F. Afghans. That's a good one. I, I love how every time I talk about one of my favorite movies, I just start ripping it apart. Yeah, I'd still give it a hyperbole sandwich. If anything, my score's gone up. It's now 139,000 out of 10,000. Well, it's not the movie, though. Like, that that's actually just the American military, right? Like, I mean, this whole <laughs> yes! this whole military is, uh, this whole movie is shining a light on the American military complex or whatever, the, the industrial war complex, whatever they call it. Like, it's like, hey, look at this. They're all like, yeah, guns, weapons, but actually, is that the right way to go about things? So I actually really like that. I thought that was good because it was legit. Right now, some military bro is listening to this podcast and, Winster! <laughs> oh, yeah, there's definitely some Americans who are like, America! And I'm like, yeah, well, we're Kiwis. What do you expect? We're yeah. just total lefty, like, softy snowflakes. Uh, no national pride whatsoever. <laughs> Hoorah, one star. Thank you, Marines. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Uh, What's the- yours? The, the one for me, like, you came 
precariously fucking close to discussing this re- uh, earlier on in the podcast. He comes out of the hole in his suit or out of the cave in his suit and then he doesn't manage to get a bullet through his little eye hole even though he conservatively gets about 17 million fucking bullets shot at him and he gets exploded and he should have come out of that with his eye sockets melting and other exposed parts Mm -hmm. of his body disintegrated. Yeah, I... I was like, ah, I I made that as a note. I was like, surely with the amount, the sheer amount of bullets from the number of guns and like automatic fire, like one of those bullets is going through that eye hole. Exactly, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, when you get ricochets one off his helmet, I was like, oh, fuck, that's, yeah. I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, that moves us over to our personal questions. What do you got, Liz? It's really um, one little follow-up to that. The other um, bit of his uh, outfit that I think was problem, uh, you know, could have caused heaps of problems was the actual arc reactor. Like, did he have it covered with like bulletproof glass or something? Why didn't he have that covered with a piece of iron or something? It just seemed really weird to have that out and open because surely that could have been shot at and then destroyed and then boom, that's the end of that. Uh, it's because he was trying to stay comic accurate to the Mark One Iron Man suit, which was first built in Tales of Suspense, nineteen. 19- <laughs> Issue 39 from 1963. I just would have liked it if they'd said, oh, and quick, I just got this bulletproof glass from this other piece or whatever, and so I'm sticking that over it, and that's why that's going to be okay. Yeah, that probably would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. 1963, I was right. Oh, what a fucking nerd. Okay, cool. Personal questions. Let's go. What do you got, Liz? All right, question 14. What additional modification would you have made to the suit if you were Obadiah? The noise thingy. The um, noise thingy that he basically holds up to people's ears and it just like renders them unconscious. I mean, like when he's oh, holding yeah. Iron Man still, he could have just hit that and then he's just a fucking dummy inside a suit, you know? Oh, that's a legit call. I did find it funny that he appeared to add a voice changer and like a speaker to the suit. So like when he's like yelling at him, he's, his voice is suddenly all like more menacing and it's loud. And I just thought you've literally added something that is like – like uh, amplifying and changing your voice to yeah. make you cooler. And that's a cool addition, so that's what made me think of it. Well, that's just um, your opinion, man. <laughs> I was going to try and bring up and this is just your opinion, man, and I didn't think of it. And it beat me to it. Oh, good times. Um, all right, fair call. Um, question 15, and it'll be closely followed by question 16, and these are both the opportunities for Sam to nerd out. The oh, yes. Really are. So question 15. Could this movie have been as successful without Robert Downey Jr.? I'm going to go with no, purely because Robert Downey Jr. embodies what is Tony Stark and it's the reason why John Favreau pushed for him to be in this because, as I mentioned, Robert Downey Jr. was dead in the water. He'd been a Oscar contender with Chaplin in the 90s. He'd basically become a drug addict slash... Uh, <laughs> look, she's she's gone. Became a massive drug addict slash alcoholic. He was fallen out of favor with Hollywood. He did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was like a bit of a renaissance for him. And then he, basically because he'd lived so much of his life out in public, John Favreau was like, that's Tony Stark. So they got him in. Interestingly though, Liz, who was flirted to be Tony Stark for a long time from about the 90s into the early 2000s? Keanu Reeves. Tom Cruise. Ah, oh. yes, and so, you'll know why I did that in a later question. Yes, so would have been pretty bizarre. Pretty bizarre. Yeah, that would have been dumb. No, yeah, and like 
I already thought that, that he was like the perfect fit for it. But even more so after what you've been saying here about how a lot of it was improvised and he just played it fast and loose, like clearly that he really made it what it was. Yeah. So who else could have done that? I don't know. Is there someone else that would no. do it now? No. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's irreplaceable. Like it's mm. funny because like a lot of – the ones that do it really well have a, like a massive fondness and appreciation for the character. And I don't necessarily think that Robert Downey Jr. has ever read an Iron Man comic in his entire life. Yeah, that's what makes it awesome because Tony Stark wouldn't read a book about himself. You know what I mean? Like, why the fuck mm. would he? So, No, absolutely. I think they probably just went, look, it's basically you. Just really be the smug asshole that you can be and then maybe get a bit contrite later on. And he went, yeah, okay, I can work with that. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And then the final question that I have is number 16. Would the Marvel Universe have been as successful without Iron Man to kick it off? I want to go with no. Um, purely because, as I mentioned, like this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe formula. You know, the only thing I'm left out from before is a giant blue beam in the sky. They even had that in this film. Like there's, yes. There's so much about this that they got right the first time. And if they'd led with... Incredible Hulk, if they'd led with Captain America, the first Avenger, which probably would have made sense, or Thor, or Iron Man 2, like, none of those movies really hit or gelled as well. Like, it was like they made, created so much goodwill from this character that it managed to carry through into a cinematic universe, which is funny because, like, a lot of people say, oh, he's a B character, he's a C character, which is true, up until, like, the late 2000s. Hardly anybody would have known who Iron Man was. You know what I mean? Like, people knew the X-Men. People knew Spider-Man. People knew Captain America to a certain level. People knew the Incredible Hulk. Like, these were Marvel characters everyone knew. And then these other guys were pretty much B-list characters. And it's funny, like, if if I went back 15 years ago and said to anyone, hey, do you know who Thanos is? No one would have fucking known. And yet now everybody fucking knows who the fuck Thanos is. Me and my friends, as kids, were having arguments about whether it was Thanos or Thanos. We were having fucking arguments and discussions. Now people are. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You just reminded me that there was a guy in a game that I used to play in like 2002. And the game was called Puzzle Pirates. It's as nerdy as you think it is. Um, but one of the main guys oh, in our I'm trying to bite my tongue here, Liz. Thanos. Fuck. One of the main guys in our ocean was called Thanos, and he was a total douche. And I never knew where it came from, and I've just put those two together. Wow, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I did. I had heard of Thanos, so in your face. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think you were absolutely right because I think he, it was a really savvy choice to pick him because it was it was a character that you could kind of understand the motivations. It was a very simple sort of storyline. He wasn't some weird fantasy thing where he'd been an alien or he'd been off in some metaverse or whatever. It was literally just a guy who knew how to make really good weapons and then turn himself into a weapon. And it was just really simple. So just literally people like me could go along and go, oh, yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. Oh, I like what he's done there. That's cool. And follow along with it all. And that, mm. that's what you needed to do, to draw everyone in and go, hey, look, the MCU, got all this great stuff. There's all sorts of characters, all sorts of things you could do. Here's the kind of thing. And, yeah, I think it probably got a lot more fans than it would have. If they'd gone with, like, Captain America, where maybe that's a bit more complicated. Yeah, Cap, I think, is probably the only other one that probably could have let it off. Hulk is like such a boring story that we all sort of know that's not mm. there's no really likable character there. Whereas like Iron Man's like a likable well, so even Cap's a little bit too straight edged. Thor's just too sort of like fantasy elements, you know, it's yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Mm. Actually that was almost my deep philosophical debate was why do I still find 
Tony Stark hot. Like he's such an <laughs> asshole. But he is. He's charming and likable and you just like him anyway even though he's a twat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, he did it perfectly and they did it perfectly and I think it is definitely a film that kick-started a franchise. Like, absolutely. It did. And it led into such bigger things, which is kind of funny because my first question – led into such smaller things for one of the characters. Terence Howard somewhat infamously says at the end of the film, next time, baby, he looks at a suit of armour, which is implied to be the War Machine armour, who's, um, yeah, in the comics, as everyone knows now, that's watched any MCU films, James Rhodey Rhodes becomes War Machine. Um, So implying that he's going to be War Machine in the sequel. But Terence Howard turned out to be a massive fucking dick, so much so that he basically said... This film wouldn't be as successful as it is if it wasn't for me. I should be paid the same as Robert Downey Jr. for the next film. Lol. And Marvel was like, yeah, you're gone. Rang up Don Cheadle. Rang up Don Cheadle and said, hey, do you want to be War Machine? And he said, okay, uh, let me think about it. And he's like, you've got one hour. You've got one hour to decide, Don Cheadle. We're going to save you up for nine films. You're going to get paid this. And Don Cheadle was like, I've got an hour. And he's like, yeah, oh, we're moving on to the next guy. And so that's how Don Cheadle got fucking forced into being War Machine. But nothing Marvel trivia. What uh, The question for you, what other franchise would have benefited from a recast of one of their main characters? So I hinted at it before. I'm going with the Reacher films because they should have cast someone other than Tom Cruise, <laughs> which I'm sure I've brought up on this podcast before. I don't care. It is absolutely the right answer. Jack Reacher is meant to be 6'6". He's built like a brick shit house. It just made the movie actually unwatchable by anyone who was a real fan of the Reacher books. Like, I just couldn't do it. Um, The, the casting for the TV show, way better, but... Tom Cruise, fuck off. You're supposed to believe some angry midget can beat up four. <laughs> like, and then they turn him into being like this martial arts guy or whatever. I was like, no, that's not how it is. That's, and actually the whole point of Reacher is that from a young age, he's this big kid that could just beat the shit out of anybody. So it, he grows up with this sense of invincibility, yeah. which is why he is who he is. And this, this need to protect people. And they go into that in some of the books. So it just made no sense for Tom Cruise to go and cast himself in it. And he can eat a dick. I basically, um, I was thinking anyone from the fast and furious franchise pick. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> question number two, my question number two, what do you think would be the most annoying part of, uh, wearing that Iron Man suit? Needing to go pee, obviously. Addressed in Iron Man 2. Somebody, he, he's at a party, drunk, and somebody says, oh, a lot of people ask me, how do I relieve myself in the suit? And then he pisses himself in front of everyone. <laughs> he's like, like that. That actually happened in an MCU movie, guys. People are screaming about how She-Hulk shouldn't be twerking with Megan the Stallion in a TV series. It's too fucking stupid. He pissed his pants. He pissed his pants in front of a fucking crowd of people. I do not remember that. I'm sure I've seen Iron Man 2, but I do not remember that. So that's hilarious. Gross. And I was thinking it would be harder for a woman, right? Because a man, you just need to remove like one piece or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's clearly, you knew that's what I was going to say, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You could bring up that story. Yeah, that's the obvious answer. I thought if she wasn't going to go with that, it would probably be like how sweaty you got. The one that I thought of while watching this is like human bodies are supposed to be in like in proper shapes right so like imagine flying with your head and your back you know sort of spread eagle like that's how you fly like surely you're you get neck cramps you get back pain mm. all that sort of shit i was like fuck that would get fucking annoying you'd almost you'd have want to, to have fly a like you're core. sitting down like you know. yeah you'd, he'd have to have a really good core if he had a good yeah. core he'd be fine like really Not good you- core he's flying for hours at a time in an uncomfortable position yeah, he is. I went and looked up the flight time from Malibu to Kabul, and it's 15 hours in a standard commercial airliner. 
yeah, he'd be going faster than that. He did go supersonic, but yeah. still, you're right. It's still going to be a while. Yeah. Yeah. Final question. Um, <laughs> it's funny because Elon Musk actually pops up in Iron Man. Ah, no, you can't say that because I'm about to. Yes, talk I about can because so, I yeah. know you're about to talk about him. But no, because you're going to ruin my answer. Good. You can't say it. But I was I was thinking of Bezos when I wrote this question. So my final question is, how would you feel about some tech billionaire actually doing this for real in real life? Because uh, this was uh, going to be my moral debate because I was like, if if some billionaire in real life actually started flying around the world killing terrorists, how would we, how would we react? Would we lock him up? Would we be like, oh, good on you, bro? You know what I mean? Like, what uh, do you reckon? You just, you just know, though, that you just know that Elon Musk watches this constantly and obsessively, and he's definitely trying to recreate the arc reactor in his spare time, and he would be the absolute worst. If he was successful, he'd just do stuff that didn't even help anybody, and he'd just get in the way, and everyone would be like, could you just stop? And he'd be like, oh, no, I'm really happy. Look at me. And also the guy that actually saved those people is a pedophile, because that's literally what he actually did yeah. with the cave rescue oh like as soon as i read that question i was like oh no elon musk <laughs> elon musk and iron man too at a time when um when we all thought elon musk was kind of cool back in the very very Little very early 2010s or was it 2011 2010 when it came out but he, he's in iron man 2 in a brief like sort of cameo sort of yeah, well, I, I do want to go and watch Iron Man 2 now since I've watched Iron Man 1. I really don't remember anything about Iron Man 2, although I did remember Iron Man 1. So, um, it's that, pretty terrible, you know. Iron Man 2. It's probably one of the worst films in the MCU, yeah, sadly. It's this one is just so iconic. Like, literally the first scene when he's in the, you know, they're in the, the um, Humvees or whatever, the, the army trucks, and they're heading along, and then the ACDC's playing, and they've got the whole backdrop of the African mountains. And you just look at it and think, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is iconic. Like, it's just such a good open. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't get the image of Bezos or Zuckerberg just showing up to some village, murdering a whole bunch of what he thought was terrorists, and then just an international incident, him just being like, whatever, bro, YOLO, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. If it was Zuckerberg, people would be like, oh, so you actually just did turn yourself into a robot. And he's like, I'm not a robot. And you'd be like, mm, but you are, though. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't see Bezos. Bezos wouldn't go and save anybody or help anyone. No, he, he would he'd do it for his own fucking level of arrogance, you know? like No, I reckon he'd create the suits so that his workers could use them to oh, deliver Amazon yes. properties. But, like, they'd be really limited on what they could do. They'd be set flight paths or whatever, and they would absolutely have to piss themselves in their suits. They would have to piss themselves. Their suits would constantly crash into each other, but he'd have Mm -hmm. insurance policies on them, so he gets paid out. Because this is is something I found fucking insane about America. They can take insurance policies out on their workers so that the company gets paid if the worker dies. Did you know oh, that? God, no. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't go to the family. America. It goes to the company because they've lost revenue on an employee dying while doing their job. Oh, good Lord. I mean, Amazon, you just hear so many fucking horror stories about Amazon. If, if any of our listeners work for Amazon, I'm sorry. What a shit show. Same. I purposefully don't buy anything from there just because I hate them so much. Yeah, every time I get a Kindle payment for my book, which you can buy actually on Amazon.com. So <laughs> I knew it. you were going to say that. <laughs> I feel disgusted. I feel disgusted. There's other ways you guys can buy it. I think it's on Barnes & Noble. There's Kobo. There's whatever the other. There's plenty of other places to search mm. it out. Anyway, um, final question. Comes courtesy of our man, Chris Eni. You're the fucking man, Chris. What on the nose song would you drop into this movie? This movie already does it for us. It plays Black Sabbath mm-hmm. Iron Man <laughs> over the credits. Yep. And it plays your favorite ACDC. Yes. <laughs> 
I laughed actually when it played because I went, oh, well, I can't use an ACDC song, but then we're not allowed to anyway. Um, Plays Black and uh, Black while he's driving around in a black suit. I'm like, you fucking kidding me. It's fucking spectacular. I'm going to go when he's flying to high altitude, you know, when he first shoots up in the sky. I'm going with Alton John's Rocket Man. I was about to say, we're banning Rocket Man for this. We're banning it. There's no <laughs> Rocket Man, Liz. You can't, you can't I chose fucking it. use Rocket Man. I chose it. Bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm What's going. Yours? I'm going with the bit when him and Obadiah Stane are flying off into the sky, and then Obadiah freezes, and then he runs out of um, energy and starts falling <gasps> back to. It's raining men. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. But I just sort of want to replace my other one then, and Good. I'm going to go with learn to fly uh, oh! when he's shooting up out of the air. That's better. Yeah. That's way better. That's yeah. Fucking learn to way fly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great song too. Yeah. Well done. And that takes us down to the end. Thank you, everybody, for coming along and listening to me get very fucking excited about a Marvel film, um, which I probably wouldn't have done if we had reviewed Ant-Man. Mediocre. No. Pretty good. No, oh, no, kind of good. Mediocre. Good to mediocre. Whatever. I don't know. You can go over to We Watch The Thing and you can listen to me talk to Billy about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania if you really want, if you want to know my opinions. Feel you just- can't. You can't hear me talking about that movie anywhere because I haven't seen it. This may surprise you, but it shouldn't. I'm incredibly disappointed because Modok, who I've given much of shit about for years, Modok is a character in Marvel who's basically a giant head with little arms and little legs. And Machu is a giant. He is a Modok. Oh, yeah. He is a giant head with little arms and little legs. And like I, I basically see, come on and you know talk about it. And he was like, nah. And I was like, they really must have fucking. Um, about a $20 million CGI budget by not casting you as the role of Instead, you know, CGI guy. And he hasn't replied to my message for about a week now. So he's, he's clearly Poor happy Machu, with Poor you know? Like, what has he ever done to you? Uh, what hasn't he done Many to me things? is a yeah. question. <laughs> that's yeah, enough of that. Moving on. Yep, honey ho. That takes us down to the end. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And thank you to our Patreons for their questions. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs. Upcoming episodes, Liz really wants to do Raiders of the Lost Ark, so she can shit all over that ahead of the new indie film that comes out this year. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple of other major Hollywood releases that are going to get squeaked in there as well, so yeah, stay tuned. Um, now that we're doing Fortnightly, we've got a little bit of free range on what movies we can do, but we really want to do really fucking awesome or really fucking insane movies. So if you've got any suggestions out there listeners for really fucking awesome or really fucking insane movies then throw them at us um if you're a patreon you can actually go on and listen to really fucking insane movies get fucking ripped apart by being yeah i was gonna ask i was gonna ask if inconceivable has a sequel inconceivable doesn't have a sequel (laughs) 365 days has at least three films now if you want it forgotten that terrible film oh that was so shit so fucking painful if you want to do that i don't fucking want to do that i don't even want to do that on a fucking mainstream feed Love you, Dan from Netflix as well. Yeah, that but, was that was torture. Well, that's enough conversation about that. Yeah, anyway, that's things for me. I am Iron Man. <laughs> that's how we think that. I'm Batman. <laughs> Iron Dildo Man. That would have been a fucking good name for a porn parody. No, it wouldn't. Look at your face. Goodbye. <laughs>